Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Pam Christian, and I'm really glad you're listening to this edition of Faith to Live By. Today, I want to help you develop expectant faith. I want you to possess a confident faith that produces results. We need expectant faith to successfully decree and declare God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm 100% sure you'd agree we need to successfully see God's will manifest and overcome the evil times we're facing. We're actually seeing how evil has been strategically advancing to strip us of our God-given rights and how media cancels any point of view that opposes the radical views of the left. The propaganda and the modern-day narrative by the media have been revealed, and people are now clamoring to find truth, to know who and what they can trust. More and more people are realizing the only one we can trust is God. Gratefully, more people are seeking to find God today than in recent times past. Well, I want to be a trusted source for you. I want you to find that the messages I bring each week are prayerfully determined to help us all discover and live in life-giving truth. So, as I always do, in preparation for this show, I specifically prayed. And I have a habit of writing my prayers. I type them into a journal that I keep. I like doing this because it gives me an opportunity to look back over previous prayers and see how God has worked in my life. Anyway, let me share what I actually wrote and prayed for this particular podcast. Lord, we are crying out to you to show us the way through these perilous times. These are unprecedented times. We've never been this way before. We have no grid or reference. And yet I'm confident that's by your design. You want us to be in a position where our only hope is to seek you and humbly ask for your help. Yes, Lord, the comparisons to the Hebrews being pursued by the Egyptians and the time of Esther where the very lives of your people were at risk, are the closest in terms of similarities to what we're experiencing. And both those times, your people had no wisdom or ability of their own. You were their only hope. You have never left your people down, and you never will. Amen. It was a time in prayer when I started with really deep concerns, and as I prayed, the Holy Spirit guided me, and by the time I said amen, my spirit was lifted up. Have you ever had it happen like that for you when you're praying? that you start your prayer with a deep concern that's on your heart. And in very short order, the Holy Spirit redirects your focus and comforts you. Isn't that fun when that happens? Well, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do much more of that. I mean, the angst and the frustration and even despair for some people worldwide is the highest we've ever seen. And it's no wonder. I mean, we get conflicting reports from various sources about the effectiveness or the ineffectiveness of masks or the health or the risks of the vaccine. Then we have blatant censorship seeking to prevent truth from being told. We have the fear that's being promoted concerning COVID. We have the egregious impact that quarantining has had on our children, our families, and our businesses. And all of this and more has been intensely continuing for all of us around the globe for nearly a year now. The only hope for our world is God. We need to know the Father's plan. We need the intercessory prayer of Jesus. And we need to activate the Holy Spirit, the indwelling Holy Spirit. There is no other place for us to find hope and help than God. So focused on this truth, I then found myself writing in my prayer journal the following. Lord, much evil has been perpetrated against us that you have known about for centuries. I know, Lord, we have brought this on ourselves through our personal and our collective apathy and failure to be engaged in the culture. We have reaped what we've sown. Forgive us, Father, and send your angels to help Wake up those who are still not seeing events clearly, those who are still trusting the government and the mainstream media. 
Lord, there is a great divide because of the misinformation that's been intentionally perpetrated to cause us to become dependent on the government, which is the plan of the enemy, Satan. Lord, the enormity and the extent of evil is far greater than we knew. There is no human solution. Our only solution is you. Thank you for your unconditional love that motivates you to rescue us from our own apathetic ways and from evil itself. I know you are faithful to hear genuine prayers from your sons and daughters, and you are faithful with your promises to answer our prayers. So, Lord, receive my thanksgiving in advance of seeing you bring resolution in faith that you are who you say you are, and you will do what you say you will do. Amen. Could you hear the sense of confident faith and expectation I expressed in that prayer? That's what God wants. He wants us to pray with expectant faith. I've said many times before, God can zap anything into existence anytime he wants, but most of the time, he works in and through his people. There are countless examples of this in scripture. One of the craziest ones is the time when God revealed his strategy was to have his people march around the wall of the city of Jericho once a day for six straight days. While marching, the soldiers played their trumpets as the priests carried the Ark of the Covenant all around the city of Jericho. Then on the seventh day, the Israelites were instructed to march around the walls of Jericho seven times. Joshua assured them that by God's order, everyone in the city must be slain except Rahab and her family. All items of silver, gold, and bronze were then brought into the Lord's depository. Anyway, at Joshua's order, the men produced a powerful roar. They shouted, and the walls of Jericho miraculously fell down. The Israelite army raced in quickly, conquering the city, and as promised, only Rahab and her family were spared. God's people obeyed the very strange instructions from God, and even though they were involved in the process, it was clearly the power of God and not the act of any man or all the men who provided the victory. And I wholeheartedly believe this is the kind of intervention by God we are very soon to see in our world today. Last week, I shared that this week I planned on exploring more specifically how we can wield our authority in Christ. And I want us all to gain a better understanding of effective spiritual warfare. We are all called into this cosmic conflict to be overcomers. We're to be victorious with Christ. No one is left out in the battle. We are all in the battle. And thinking about this, I concluded the greatest and most powerful spiritual weapon we have is faith. To be effective in the battle, we have to have clear, confident faith of who we are in Christ. Even if we put on the whole armor of God and we are an expert at wielding every weapon, if we don't have an unwavering faith of who we are in Christ, we will not see the total victory we could otherwise experience. When we don't have a confidence about all we are in Christ, our ignorance or doubts will actually prevent victory. I call this weaker faith a hopeful faith. But what I really want us to cultivate is expectant faith. Let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 19, where the Apostle Paul instructs us how to gain victory over evil with the whole armor of God. When I looked up this passage to prepare for today, I saw a whole lot more in the instructions than I'd noticed before. Let's see if you do too. First, the Apostle Paul said, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. To be strong in the Lord is to have faith in the Lord. To be strong in the strength of his might is to have faith in the might of God. We must expect God to work in and through us. So, here again, faith is essential. 
Next we read, we must take up the whole armor of God to stand against the schemes of the devil so we are fully protected, able to withstand evil in the day. Well, this implies should we fail to follow the entirety of the instructions, we will essentially have a chink in our armor. We'll have an area of vulnerability that will prevent us from victory. Then the Apostle Paul makes clear our enemies are superhuman spiritual forces of evil that influence humanity to accomplish Satan's will. And so for this reason, we cannot rely upon mere human resources. We must take up the whole armor of God, which is divine armor. Scriptures make clear the enemy hosts are no match for the Lord. And we have to remember the Lord has imputed his power and authority to us. We also have to remember the enemy is already a defeated foe. Now, next and again, we're instructed to stand. When something in scripture is repeated, it's to emphasize the point so we don't miss the importance. So the word stand here is very interesting. It means to cause to stand or to set. So to get a visual on this, think of implanting a massive power pole deep into the ground, causing it to stand firm and set in the earth. For us, it means to by faith, cause ourselves to stand and be firmly set in truth. So once again, faith comes into play. We must have faith that we have Christ's authority and power. Next, in sequence, we're to fasten on the belt of truth, then the breastplate of righteousness, then shoes that allow us to go share the gospel. We are to take hold of the shield of faith, then put on the helmet of salvation, and lastly, take up the sword of the Spirit. Well, these elements of the whole armor of God are actually metaphors for spiritual resources Christ has already given us as believers. While faith is mentioned on its own and is likened to a shield that can extinguish all the flaming darts from the enemy, notice how faith is required for each attribute. We need faith to acquire truth. We need faith to acquire righteousness. We need faith to effectively share the gospel. We need faith to enjoin salvation. And we need faith to believe the Bible is the very written word of God. Now, back to Ephesians 6 and considering the next verse, which is 16. The next instruction is for us to pray at all times in the Spirit, then to keep alert, and also to persevere, making supplication for all the saints. Praying at all times in the Spirit does not mean to only use your heavenly prayer language, but to be engaged with the Spirit while praying either praying with understanding or praying in tongues. We must also keep alert. That is, we must remain aware the enemy of God is ever roaming about seeking whom he can devour. We are also told to persevere, which is to keep on keeping on and never give up. And we're also to make supplication for all the saints. I mostly use the English Standard Version Bible, and the word supplication in other versions would be the word requests. God invites us to make our requests known to him. He wants us to bring the specific desires we want to him. And Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. End of the verse. So it's fine that we pray for ourselves, and we must also pray for all the saints. In summary, Christ has already given us truth, righteousness, the gospel, faith, salvation, and the word of God. And with Matthew 28, 18-20, we are told to go forth to accomplish his will, making disciples of all the nations, 
with the confidence of his imputed authority and power and his presence with us at all times. So let me summarize all we must do to realize victory. With expectant faith, we must, number one, be strong in the Lord, knowing who you are in Christ, confident of his power working in and through you. Number two, resolutely take your stand in Christ, shoulder to shoulder, with Christ and all the saints against the enemy. Number three, put on the whole armor of God with faith in who Christ has made you to be and what he has equipped you to do. Number four, remain firm regarding all the benefits Christ has given us, truth, righteousness, the gospel, faith, and salvation. And number five, pray in the spirit at all times, keeping alert, making your requests known to God with all perseverance. Expectant faith is a confident faith that if we do our part, God will do his. Is this encouraging you? Are you starting to see some minor reconsiderations or some adjustments you can make to get more of the victory Christ intends you to have? I hope so. Expectant faith is enhanced by seeking the Lord to learn his plans and strategies, his specific plans and strategies. You know, God delights when we seek him and he will reveal to us specific things we need to know to enhance our faith, to comfort and guide us, and to deepen our relationship with him. Let me next share with you an experience I had in prayer recently that I believe is praying in order to know God's will. So I started my prayer by asking the Lord what he wanted me to see. Then I closed my eyes and I wrote what I saw in my mind's eye, and this is what I wrote in my prayer journal. I see you are completely in charge. Nothing escapes you. You have all matters under control. You have key people and angels in position at the ready this very moment. You are waiting on just a few other events before you give the orders. Then it will be explosive, just as Amanda Grace said. We will see chaos, but it will be controlled chaos and not the destruction and devastation it could have otherwise been. Law and order will be restored, justice will be served, and the people of America will be united under the banner, Make America Godly Again. I see a huge disruption that causes many people to stagger in disbelief, but without the ability to deny what actually occurred. The horrific abominations that have been conducted in secret will be revealed. The shock and awe will overwhelm the people for a time because the evil and wickedness is far more heinous than they ever could have thought. The evil explained in the Old Testament of Satan worship and rituals and ancient rites will finally be understood as real today, and people will be forced to realize Satan exists and cares nothing for the people he has ensnared. I see exposure of witches and warlocks and their evil incantations and spells being broken, and all the harm these evil ones sought to cause others will return upon them in multiplied portions. Many people will be shocked into running into the arms of Jesus. Others will seek to escape from Jesus because of the guilt they carry for their deeds. I see a rounding up of people who must be brought to justice. I see a freedom released in the land that sets the captives free and stops the abominations and deeds of the most despicable matter. I see a great number of children freed and a miraculous work of healing in them for all they've suffered. I see abortion no longer lawful in America. I see all of the seven mountains of society being reformed, restoring godly principles in each. I see many of your people filling the gaps caused by the resignations and the deaths of ungodly. I see a new reformation for all of media with the old evil structures undone. I see people in the streets rejoicing just as others have prophesied. 
I can see the laws being changed for Donald Trump to actually serve 12 years as Bonnie Jones prophesied. I see people readily embracing Jesus and hungry for direction with their newfound faith. I see the church bulging with the many new believers coming to Christ. I see the enemy being pushed way back and the people who have cheated, lied, and stolen from your people being properly convicted and sentenced. I see you administering your justice in ways never seen before so that all people worldwide will declare it was God who rescued us. Amen. So, with that prayer, I asked the Lord, what did he want me to see? I invited the presence of the Holy Spirit to guide me in what I would see in my mind's eye, and I wrote it all out. That way, my prayer becomes an expression of expectant faith. Was the Holy Spirit guiding me to what I would see and what I would write, and that it means what I was praying was prophecy? We'll see in time, but certainly everything I prayed are matters of my heart, they're desires of my heart that I'm making known to God. And by the way, I do have a link for you in the show notes with Bonnie Jones prophesying that Donald Trump would serve 12 years. I wanted to go through the importance of our understanding who we are in Christ and how we are to wield our weapons of spiritual warfare and to seek God in prayer because of the urgent and pressing times we're living in. As I've said before, no one is exempt from the battle. We are all in the battle. We need each part of the body to do its part so we can collectively see the victories God wants us to live in. Recall the decade of 5780 to 5790 is the decade of the mouth, and this decade actually began in 2020. This is an important time on God's timeline for his people to put on the full armor to wield our weapons, which include the proclamations we make, the decrees and the declarations we make as the Lord leads us. Is it any wonder that the enemy of God has been successful in muzzling the church this first year of the decade? The wearing of masks is symbolic of preventing us from talking. Government has been particularly controlling of the church, not wanting us to meet, speak, and in California, not even to sing. At the same time, big tech is working with the enemy of God to silence any point of view that's not consistent with their own. Truth itself is being attacked in this counterculture climate where rampant censorship is being used to force us into compliance with the plans of the wicked. As we explored last week, these days are very much like the days of Esther. And just as the Jewish people then were given permission to defend themselves against the evil forces that sought to destroy them, so must we respond to events today. When the mandates of government attempt to superimpose the mandates of God, God's people must take a stand. Not to take a stand against the oppressive evil is to make a mockery of the cross and all that Christ did to set us free. We must, each one, become engaged in the battle, first spiritually and then in the natural realm. Prayers without action or faith without works, as James wrote, is dead. The whole world knows the election was stolen. Those actively involved in the process of stealing the election know it was stolen. Those who are acting as leaders of America are not the ones chosen by God as demonstrated through the votes of God's people. Our Constitution was no doubt constructed through great prayer and effort to hear from the Lord. I believe our nation was founded by people seeking to live according to God's intentions in freedom and truth and to enjoy our God-given rights. America is a unique nation in all of history, and I'm confident God is not done with this nation yet. I firmly believe what we see as being delays are actually God's mercy, allowing more to be exposed and more people to see the truth 
and to choose if they want to partner with truth in support of God's ways or lies, which would be in support of the way of evil. Steve Schultz recently interviewed Johnny Inlow. Johnny really explained the times that we're living in very, very well. I'll have a link for you in the show notes. But a couple of points he made that are pertinent here. Number one, we should not be too quick to declare words of prophecy false. Johnny explained that Samuel in the Old Testament prophesied that David would be king of Israel, but many years passed before David became king. And when David did become king, it was only of Judah, not all of Israel. In Samuel's day, the law was that if a prophet spoke a word that was not true, that he would be stoned to death. Why wasn't Samuel stoned to death? What did the people of the Old Testament period understand about prophecy that we don't seem to understand today? Well, Johnny explained, the day Samuel prophesied was the day David was recognized as king in heaven. And on that day, the anointing left Samuel. So the prophecy was accurate to the day in the heavenlies, but was not yet fulfilled in the natural. One sure way to know the will of God is to observe the opposition of the enemy. The enemy will work hard to oppose the will of God, and that's precisely what we're seeing in our day. Many people have prophesied that Donald Trump would be elected president a second term, and clearly, by the actual votes of the people, he won. Are God's people to simply accept the works of the enemy against us and against our nation with the results that adversely impact the whole world? Did you know the authors of our Constitution, likely inspired by the Holy Spirit, looked ahead to the potential of corruption in government, and they have remedies for it in the Constitution? Our republic is supposed to be governed for and by the people, and when our will is not upheld, there are remedies for us in the Constitution. When the will of the people is not upheld by legislative, judicial, and executive branches of government, the military has the power and the authority to step in. Their role would be to investigate and determine the cause of corruption, enforce law, and through specific actions, restore the government to the power of the people. I agree with Johnny and Lowe. We are living in the critical days of activation. First Chronicles chapter 11 is soon to be played out in our nation, and we need every man, woman, and child who belongs to God to take their rightful stand. We must be more fully activated in our spiritual life through the strategies laid out in Ephesians 6, and we must prayerfully identify our place of service. Every mountain of society needs to be restored. As corruption is revealed, righteous men and women are needed to step in and fill the vacated positions. The interview of Johnny Inlow by Steve Schultz is powerful. Please get the link from the show notes and take time to listen. We are living in exceedingly critical days, and God is calling all of us to take our rightful place in honor, recognition, and furtherance of the work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We must each one take our place and work to overcome the evil with good. Let's make our decrees together at this point, and let us become activated and united. So, if you agree, repeat after me. I am in Christ, and Christ is in me. I have the imputed power and authority of Christ. I am commissioned by Jesus to partner with him to accomplish his will. I'm putting away hopeful faith, and I'm activating expectant faith. With gratitude, I expect to see God do great things in our behalf, especially as we obey and do what he reveals he wants us to do. Next week, I want to explore another tremendous weapon of warfare, worship. Why worship? Well, 
because if we really expect God to work in our behalf, then we ought to be thanking him in advance. And the best way to do that is worship. Now, I want to highlight my sponsor, Ed Torres. Many people have suffered considerable financial losses this past year. If this is you, I want you to know about Ed, who's also my personal financial advisor. When it comes to our future, we need to gain God's wisdom and work in partnership with him to fulfill his plans for us. Having a good financial plan is essential. And when it comes to financial planning, one size fits all isn't a fit at all. Just ask Ed Torres, a team member with Financial Advisory Practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Ask Ed about the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach. It's a personalized, flexible, step-by-step approach toward financial balance, so you can feel confident about your future as well as your wants and your needs today. With the Confident Retirement Approach and one-on-one relationship with the advisor, Ed Torres will help you live life and saving for tomorrow in a way that's right for you. It's what financial balance is all about. So call Ed today at 949-250-3210. Office is located at 2600 Michelson Drive, Suite 1460 in Irvine, California, 92612. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee for future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment. You don't have to live in California to consider working with Ed. They are licensed in many states, so I'll have a link to his website in the show notes, and I encourage you, contact him for a free consultation. As I said, he's my own financial advisor, and he's a wonderful Christian man I can highly recommend. In order for me to produce my podcasts, I need the support of my sponsors and listeners. I never ask you to give to my ministry direct, but I do ask you to avail of the services and the products you'll find in my show notes, and in that way, I'll receive some needed financial support. If you've liked what you've heard today, let's connect beyond this podcast. Consider becoming a subscriber of my bi-monthly e-newsletter, which will also make you a preferred member where you'll receive special announcements and offers that are not available to others. With so much going on every day, let's also connect on Facebook at Faith to Live By TV, on Twitter at PL Christian, and on LinkedIn at Pamela Christian. Also, be sure to take advantage of the free resources and bonus items listed on Charisma Podcast Network and on my website, faithtoliveby.com. On that landing page, there is a link and more information about my sponsors and partners. Again, if you've been blessed by my ministry, purchasing the goods and services I bring is how you can show me support, and it would be greatly appreciated. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, or Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel and helps people learn how to best apply their Christian faith. Also, depending upon the platform where you listen, why not subscribe to the podcast so you're sure not to miss a single edition? And lastly, visit my page for this show on faithtoliveby.com where you can learn about and take advantage of special offers available to my listeners from my sponsors and partners. Faith to Live By is a business owned and operated by Pamela Christian Ministries, LLC. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian asking you to remember, Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.